feel a little bit guilty calling out maybe specific individuals, but the bottom line is they've, they've earned it. And the two that I mentioned to you last week was uh, Dylan Carmichael and Keegan Quimby. Good afternoon. I'm Herb here with the On Track Podcast, Season 3, Episode 23. On May 7th, I'm sorry, June 7th, 2022. It's a beautiful day outside, at least where we are. And uh, I've got Adam Tienan on the phone with me. He's going to sign on here in just a second. And I've got Amy Soames right here with me. And she's going to talk a little bit about the two ESOP questions that I punted last week. Hello. So I talked to Pat earlier. We have no project awards, but promise you we're working hard on a number of fronts to, to keep our folks busy. And we have a we have a few things in in the mill to get going with. Uh, main takeaway for today is we're going to talk about our core value of winning in the field, and I have Adam on here sp- specifically for that uh, because he had a part in fashioning that core value when we when we began to write them in night in two thousand eighteen. Uh, we also got the two questions from ESOP questions, one from Kendall Bickford. How long can you leave your ESOP shares after retirement? And another one from R.J. Russell. Is your ESOP balance directly related to your income and hours logged? So we're going to answer those questions. Amy is going to do so, as I promised last week. We got just a smattering of shout-outs. We got one handful. Five. That's it. These are great shout-outs, though. They are. It's not all, it's not all quality. Yeah, it's not all quantity. It's, it's quality. Quality, yes. So we've got a few good shout-outs here. Uh, don't have much in the way of announcements. And then we're going to talk about uh, new employees real quick, and we'll sign it off. Review the key three takeaways, and we'll be gone. So we have, as I said, we have no projects, no new projects to announce, but we do have... Adam, if you could sign on there with us and say hello to the staff. Hey, everybody. Hey, good to have you. you Thanks sound, for having me. Yeah, you sound right bright eyed and bushy tailed yeah, down there. I'm, I'm excited. You are? <laughs> excited to be on the podcast or just general love for the world? Well, I think both. The job's going well, so that always, that always helps. That brings good morale, makes everybody happy, but. Happy to be on the podcast as well. Yeah, great. Well, so I, I wanted to have you on, and this is kind of the lat we we started with our core purpose a few weeks ago, and we've done a core value each week because I just want to try to make these as portable for people to remember as we can. And so I, you know, the core purpose is to build and to be faithful stewards of the sergeant legacy and the resources entrusted to us. Then we have investing in people, and I won't read the rest of it honing our craft, doing the right thing, which we reviewed last week. And this week, the final one is winning in the field. A philosophy that our executional spirit, driven by safety, dedication, and mutual fairness, will produce exceptional outcomes and a win for all involved. And you had a part in crafting these in 2018 as you were part of our strategic planning committee. And just yep. talk in general about the process, what, what it was like to you. Well, uh, the, the whole thing was really quite an honor for me to be a part of it. 
um, just to kind of have some input into, uh, I guess, defining who we are and shaping the future of the company. Um, a lot of the things that I remember talking about were, you know, uh, where we thought we'd be many years down the road or things that maybe we should put in place to be where we want to be 10, 20, 50 years down the road. And, you know, a lot of that was kind of hard to grasp um, just because it was so far away. And I just never been in, put in that position before. But I think my biggest takeaway from the whole process was just what you just read, um, defining our uh, purpose and values. And, you know, I, I know since then, since 2018, you know, the last uh, three or four years, just having that, that purpose and values, I think, has really uh, made it easy for a lot of, you know, decisions for everybody from out here in the field to, you know, upper management to the company on, you know, decisions that, you know, the direction the company wants to go in. And hopefully uh, the next several years are as successful as the last three or four have been. Yeah. Hopefully, that's... you know, that has been a big part of it, I hope. Yeah. And you mentioned we we talked about things we need to put in place, you know, for the next 10, 20, 50 years. We also talked about some things we needed to, to take, you know, take care of like right now. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think those things that we put in play there, a, a lot of those things really helped us where we are now. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, it's just, it's part of the everyday thought process is to, uh, you know, look back at those things and every decision that we make is, you know, how it not only impacts ourselves, but our fellow employee owners and the direction and the success of the company. Yeah. I'm really pleased with, uh, it's not just that planning meeting. It's also the market that does it too. And a number of other, other things, but uh, I'm pleased with the value the employee owners got out of that, that set of meetings. And those started, if I'm not mistaken, I think they started in early May and we finally finished those meetings in like October. So it took a while to get yep. all this done. So to talk about the core value of winning in the field, this was one that we we started out, it said winning on the field. And we liked the idea because we understood what we were trying to say, but we didn't feel like it said it just right. And and I think that one kind of percolated back and forth for two or three meetings, and, and we tried to figure out how to say it right. And if I recall right, you came in and said, why don't we just call it winning in the field instead of winning on the field? So the reference had been in, in previous times, in previous conversations with the, some of us uh, here, is that we want to win on the field. Uh, we want to win on the field of play with the rules of the game. We don't want to break the rules. That was kind of the reference. And and you made that, just change that O to I. <laughs> and it was so simple, but it was quite a difference in meaning. Yeah, no, uh, um I agree. Winning um, on the field, I kind of felt like you kind of mentioned had, you know, kind of the sports connection, the sports analogy to it. And just winning in the field is, uh, you know, more relate relatable to us in the construction industry. That's a lot of times just how we reference, you know, being out here is being in the field. So right. the fit. And it, it really uh, winning on the field to me, seemed like, as you said, in a sports kind of an analogy, if you win on the field, somebody's got to lose. 
And that's right. That that was not the message we wanted to get across. And so in the end, you know, we have these core values, investing in people, honing our craft, doing the right thing, winning in the field. But we also have a like a tag two or three lines that explain them better. And you know, the the words that say a philosophy that our executional spirit. And that's that's kind of a heavy I guess a heavy phrase, executional spirit. And what is it, Adam? I, I know you see the spirit every day. Can Is there a way you can explain that? Well, I mean, we kind of got the three words that follow it up there, safety, dedication, and, and mutual fairness. Executional spirit, I guess, you know, to me, it's uh, being successful at the work, being prepared, and providing a quality product, but you know, so that we're we're giving the owner what they expect, but we're also accomplishing it in a way that that you know the company is being successful. But most importantly, we're getting it done safely every day. Yeah, and so, our and our folks are are energized by that. Yeah, that's, I agree. I yeah, see it on this job, for right? Sure. That's <laughs> so when I when I think of executional spirit, you know, I when I was visiting visiting your job last week. Uh, and several other jobs. I saw that. I see it on almost every job I go to. And it's, it's really just a, it's the idea that we're going to show up in the right way, you know, with, with the right mindset, with the the mindset, we're going to produce exceptional wins for everybody. And part of showing up really is, is showing up today in the right way really harkens back to yesterday afternoon and ending it the right way. A lot of it's just doing doing the right thing, and when you, I think when you do the right thing, everybody wins. I mean, it's just the way it kind of all plays out. Yeah, that's I like the way those those values really really work together. Um, so I know when I talked to you last week, you said you had a couple guys there that you wanted to get some recognition for, and uh, at the time I said, well, let's let's get a podcast going and this is maybe different than what we discussed then, but I want to give you an opportunity to highlight those folks you were talking about. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, throughout the whole job, we're just about 12 months into the project here now, you know, from when we actually started, you know, with some equipment on site and a crew. Um, but, and I've been fortunate, you know, since day one to have a lot of really great people here. So, Yes, I kind I have. of feel a little bit guilty calling out maybe specific individuals, but the bottom line is they've, they've earned it. And the two that I mentioned to you last week was uh, Dylan Carmichael and Keegan Quimby, uh, both laborers that have been working on the box conduit crew. Um, Dylan has been here since day one, and Keegan, uh, almost about the same. We've been a little bit into it when he came, but... Um, both of those guys, you know, worked a lot of hours through some tough conditions through the winter. Um, just conditions the item itself. It's very challenging work. It's dangerous work. And it's just been a pleasure for me to watch those guys, you know, perform the tasks that they do every day. It's a, a nonstop process from, you know, kind of the first phase of it is, you know, the final little bit of excavation for all the boxes and grading all the stone, putting all the fabric out. And then the boxes come, the boxes get delivered, they've got to get them off the truck, 
get them in the hole and get them in, lo- you know, in their location, which for anybody that's seen it, it's a very time consuming and labor intensive process. Yes, it is. And, and then it goes right into backfilling, which I mean, we're 20 some odd feet in the ground and it's a lot of shoveling, camping, uh, wrapping all the joints of all the boxes, uh, grouting all the joints. It's, it's just nonstop. And those guys, um, They've just been bulls. I mean, they, they put their head down and they just work straight ahead, nonstop, um, numerous Saturdays. I, I think every Monday, it's the first thing they ask me, can we work this Saturday? <laughs> I don't know really what's wrong with them, but I, I, I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, so that, that to me exemplifies kind of what this winning in the field is about. And that's why I, I wanted you to, to bring those guys up and, as you said, it's not to take away from the rest of the really awesome crew you have. It's just, you know, recognizing those two guys for for really bringing that winning executional spirit to the job, as as does everybody. I mean, the crew down there, when I'm down there, it's just everybody's got such a great can-do attitude. It's it's just so – I mean, I could I just move my office here if I could. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the work is obviously very interesting, which helps. Um, but um, – you know, it's it's really great to, to recognize those guys. So I, I think they're two great examples of winning spirit. Oh, I agree for sure. And, uh, yeah, just to think about where we were a year ago and starting this and just so many unknowns and, you know, a lot of risk and some crazy ideas that we all put together to <laughs> try to find the best way to build this and just to think kind of the evolution of the whole thing and where we are now and, we're far from out of the woods. We're about 60% complete, still a long ways to go. So I don't want to get too confident, but at least we're, uh, you know, coming into the good weather the last couple of months has made a big difference. And I'm just really excited about what the crew, the improvements and, you know, the constant effort they've put into trying to make every step a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, the entire really crew you're referring to now, right? The entire crew. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate you to getting on with us, and you're welcome to hang on here as Amy answers a couple ESOP questions. Uh, but if, if you got to get off to work, I understand. You tell me. Okay. I think I can stay around a little bit longer. Okay. You feel free to throw in a tickler on the ESOP if you'd like. So we got two ESOP questions uh, last week, and and I decided that I wasn't qualified to answer these. <laughs> and actually, one of them is pretty uh, – pretty complicated uh, so Kendall Bickford asked how long can you leave your ESOP money alone before you have to start taking it out after you retire so in other words I, I my assumption is he's saying can I just leave my shares in there how long can I leave them before I have to start taking them and so we'll get to that question and then RJ Russell had a question is your ESOP balance directly related to your income and hours logged Amy, I'm going to let you answer the first one from Kendall. How long can you leave your ESOP money alone before you have to start taking it out? Right. And I'll preface this by saying I get this question a lot, especially as our share value goes up year over year. Folks that leave the company through either retirement or termination, they're hesitant to pull their shares out because yeah. they'd like to see that and balance. And they'd be wise to leave them. Exactly. Yeah. We do have language written into the plan that can force when this has to happen, and it's unique to each person. It's based on their years of service and also um, what their qualifiers were when they left the company. Would it be termination or retirement? 
in their age. So assuming Kendall retires at the age of 59 and a half, I'm going to guess you're going to stay with us a little longer than that, Kendall, by the way. But if you do, yes, if you do, you will have had 10 years in the plan. So you'd be required to start distributions the year following your retirement. And so I'm going to read this specific to you, Kendall. Um, This is the hardest question to answer straightforward because it does depend, as I said, on several unique qualifiers. But in general, the distributions must begin the year after the latest of the following. So the first is when you turn 59 and a half, if you're still working, distributions are optional. Uh, That would be if you select an in-service distribution process. And we can talk about that another time. I know we've mentioned it before, but you can actually begin your distributions while you're still working for Sargent. But once you start that ball rolling, you can't stop it. That's at 59 and a half. Yeah, once you reach 59 and a half. Mm -hmm. Because you're technically considered of normal retirement age, even though that's early retirement. So the plan allows for it. The second would be after termination or retirement, if you've completed 10 years on the plan for participation. So we're just approaching our 10-year mark here. We haven't had this happen yet with anyone, but there will be a few people that qualify for this coming up. That will put the, the qualifying event in 2023. So then anyone who'd been in the plan since inception in 2013 would then be forced to pull their funds out beginning in 2024. So if they're retired. Yes. If they're not retired, they stay. Right, right. If they're still an active participant in the plan. See how hard this is, too? It is hard. (laughs) Yeah. That's why you need a lunkhead like me asking your questions. No, no, it's really, it's hard. Um, And so then also with, with, if you terminate your service with Sargent, uh, you can, you can take your distribution of your funds, but you have to wait till the following year. So always remember that the year that an event happens, be it termination or retirement, that's your qualifying event year. The distribution process would not begin until the following year. Right. So there's always that year lag time. Yeah, because we have to finish up that year and get our valuation and all that business. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Yep. And I'll also explain that the company, due to the plan language, we force out small balances less than $5,000 the year following uh, your termination of service. So if you leave the company or if you retire, there's no election process if it's under $5,000 for your balance. We just pay it out to you. If the balance is between five and 10000 you can still make an election or you can have it distributed in one lump sum. But anything over $10,000 as far as an ESOP balance goes, then that's going to be paid out over a distribution process of up to five years. Okay. RJ Russell has a question. Is your ESOP balance directly related to your income and hours logged. Okay. So the annual ESOP shares contributed to the plan are allocated to participants based on the participants' current year's gross wages. So the more hours you work, the more money you make, and the higher your gross wages are to calculate the ratio. That is then divided by all eligible gross wages for the year. This for num- the whole company. For the whole company, yep. So it's everybody's added together. Everybody's included. And this number is less than the total gross wages as only the eligible wages are included in the ratio. So you take the whole, you take everybody 
and then you parcel out only the eligible. So the non-eligible would be the folks that don't meet the six month or the thousand hours worked rule. You, you me, you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, and and so then you pull out the folks that are not eligible. Hopefully they'll be eligible the following year, and then you do that ratio calculation. So we take uh, in RJ situation. We would take his gross W-2 wages mm-hmm. for 2021. Correct. Divided by the company's eligible gross W-2 wages. Yes. And multiply that by the number of shares that are released. Yes. And then you figure out how each person's awarded shares are then issued. Okay. That's where that calculation comes from. So it, the short answer is, RJ, yes, it does. It makes a difference. It's it's tied to your W-2 gross wages. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, participants ESOP balance is all of the shares allocated to the participant that you've accumulated over all of your years of service in the ESOP multiplied by the end of year share value. So if you have, we'll just go random numbers here, 100 shares and the, the share value is $50, you're going to have that. But then if it increases to 100 the next year, and you, even if you're not awarded any more shares, your balance is going to increase because the increase of the share value has gone up. Right. And that's what we're seeing with folks who've left the company, but they're enjoying their shares growing year over year. Yeah. Um, but yeah. one of the reasons we, we left that in play is because sometimes people leave and come back. Correct. So we didn't, we didn't want to completely eliminate their ESOP value. We wanted, if they did come back, and there's a lot that we do hope come back. We do. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't have a lot of people that are that are in that situation, but um, most of the ones who quit, kind of, we get it taken care of. But the way we set it up that way is so that if people left and came back, they were still kind of intact. Right. So as the forfeiture process goes, you know, share values, shares can be forfeited with vesting, but they also sit out there. So I'll give you an example. I actually had a phone call this morning from someone who left the company. Uh, this individual had worked for us in 2017 and 2018, had not met the two-year mark to be 20% vested, but had met that first-year eligibility, so had shares awarded. So there's a balance sitting there, and because it hasn't yet been five years since this person left, which that's our caveat, you have to have five consecutive 12-month breaks in service, which is five years, Um before your your funds would be forfeited or or they're no longer there for you. But if you were to come back, if you leave us and you and you haven't taken a distribution and you come back, let's say in year four, you're going to hit the ground running with where your vesting status is. And if your balance is still there, you'll just continue contributing to it. Okay. So, but at the new share price. Correct. So somebody that left in 2018, I think left with a thirty-five to fifty dollar share price. Yeah. They come back now. Those shares are now one hundred and twenty dollars. Yep, they're worth that much now. Correct. Okay, this is complicated. It's very complicated. Yeah, I'm glad we got smart people like you to take care of it. <laughs> I don't know. I rely on Tasha for almost everything. She's she's my coach. <laughs> well, I know that principal is our third party yes. administrator, yeah. and they're the ones that really make sure everything ties out, and you have to double check that. And yes. So we appreciate your stewardship on that process, and. F- we also appreciate you getting on and explaining all this oh, to us. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Good questions. 
I'm going to give both of those guys $50 to the gift store. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And I'm going to give you $50 to the gift store. I'll take it. I need a new sweatshirt. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. We're going to move on to shout outs. Adam, did you want to, did, did you have anything you want to chime in on? Well, I, I don't know. I just feel, uh, you know, very fortunate to, to have the benefit of the ESOP. It's really grown into something pretty impressive over the last several years. And uh, it's, it's a great benefit the company offers for anybody, you know, looking to come on uh, and, and join us as a new employer. I think it can be kind of hard for people to have an understanding of what the potential is there. But I think the most important thing for me is for the employees that we have now, hopefully it uh, helps us retain a lot of these people and they, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunities for employment out there right now in the world and it should definitely be considered what the potential, you know, we have with, you know, with what we've been given and hopefully people stay around. 10-4 on that. I, I appreciate that comment and we do hope they stay around. Yeah. I think the motivation of, of seeing what that account balance is on your pay statement every week is, is pretty phenomenal. It just keeps it top of Absolutely. mind to yeah. see, wow, I have accrued this year over year. And then in May each year, we see mm -hmm. usually a substantial increase. Yep. Pretty cool. All right, Adam, thank you. We're gonna. I'm sure there's something that, that's craving for your attention. I'm going to sign off. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, Take Adam. Care. All right. It was good to have Adam on here. And good to have you here with those answers, because I would have struggled mightily with that. <laughs> We're going to move on to shout-outs, and I've got a shout-out here. From Dean Bartlett to Alvin Pease. Now, probably none of you know Alvin Pease. I don't know Alvin Pease. I don't know Alvin. But he worked here when I was born. It's, so this shout out is it, to Alvin Pease, who worked here in 1963-1964. And Dean says, Alvin was telling me in church this weekend about how when he worked for Sergeant, Herb was a great guy to work for and remembers that he always wanted to make sure we did it the right way even if no one was looking. Shout out to all that left his legacy for us to continue. I like right. that shout out. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Arthur Herbist gave a shout out to a new hire on the 395 project, Grady Thompson. He's been doing well helping Josh Taylor. Next shout out is for Ryan Motory, doing a great job at the Waterville Airport. Nice job, guys. Yeah, I know those guys are both uh, doing a great job. And, and Grady's well-recognized, and I know... Uh, Ryan's really kicking it down in Waterville, I think to the point where they're paving this week or maybe even last week. Nice. Tom Powell, also known as Chris Powell. He's like our jobs down there. They all have two names. Yeah, not to confuse anybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd like to give a shout out to the crew in Allander, North Carolina for the great job they're doing and the team effort every one of them put into this site. Very honored to be part of a team that has no quit in them. Great job. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. Lyman Frost gave a shout out to Sheila Smith and all the cost managers and to Pete Broberg, outstanding leadership and team building. Great, great shout out on all fronts. Keith Edgecombs got a shout out to the Perry Coast Guard crew. The crew is always willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done while having fun. The crew is always open to new ideas and never lets me down and makes planning easy when you know your crew is behind you. It's much appreciated. Concrete flat work is not our forte. But it has been for the last two weeks, he says. Bringing value. Chris Wilson, David Scott, Garrett Grass, Bill Cropley, Jason Harkins, 
Will Fitch, Andrew Faulkner, and Lou McPhail. There you go. Nice Good job, one. everyone. Yeah. And we conferred here at the beginning that uh, the Newton Grindle Leave It Better Than You Found It Award we're going to give to Dean Bartlett and Alvin Pease because he left it better than he found it 60 years ago. Still showing up at church, apparently. Yeah. So uh, we're going to give Dean and Alvin each $50 certificate to the sergeant store. And I got a feeling Dean might have to help Alvin spend that. Uh, that's awesome. He'll have to make sure his family gets it. Yes. Okay. So I actually have an ad lib. You do. I do. Because when you were talking about winning in the field, you know, certainly us folks that are up here sitting in the office all day, we don't have the same view to it. I wish I could be out in the field more and having that experience, uh, the admiration certainly there, even if I don't get to see people in person and, and talk to them. But I, I do. I had this whole window open up to me recently. I was added to the foreman mentoring team oh, cool. on teams. Yeah. And I have to say, that's just given me a, a more insight to what's going on in, in the safety world, what our workforce advancement team is doing. Um, Kevin, Kendall, Pete, Arthur, Cam, Christy, everything that folks are posting on there. Um, and certainly what is being given as guidance for our foreman, I just think it's outstanding. And it's definitely a winning in the field yeah. approach. Yep. It's it's really cool to get on there and, and see uh, the way people are helping each other. Somebody tosses something. Have you ever seen this happen? Or, you know, can we, can you help yeah. me with that? It's it's really nice. Yeah. The photo examples, you know, Arthur's thrown some on recently. Kevin has Pete where, you know, they're showing what was done well. Or they're showing something that was done well, but here's what maybe we could do better. Just some of the safety reminders, the the toolbox talks. Um, you know, I've seen where they've they've posted follow ups from crew discussions and safety roundtables. It's, it's like awesome. it, kind of like you do a lot of things that they have no idea happens. Right. There's a lot of things that happen out there in the field that we don't really get to. I mean, I I lived it some, but I didn't have all the systems that we have in place now uh, to, to make sure things go smoothly. Yeah, it's impressive. Okay, so we're going to give an applause to the whole field. All right. And we're going to announce new employees this week. We have Dylan Apple joining with as a junior foreman and Logan Bubar as a craft worker OGT. So we're going to welcome those guys with an applause. Welcome. All right, good uh, good podcast, Amy. I think yeah. we've covered some covered some territory here. We got just uh, want to review the three takeaways for today. What winning in the field means as one of our core values. How long can you leave your ESOP shares after retirement? It's it's an answer that is uh, kind of difficult to 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 one answer for everybody. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to ask Amy on an individual basis. Yes. Uh, and then is your ESOP balance related to your income? And yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. With that said, we're going to close it up. Zero accidents. Zero accidents. Where can you bring value today? Mm-hmm.